yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about yesterday. Like, so I record this with you on Sundays, and then I have <laughs> another thing that I normally do for the show on Sundays with somebody else. And both of you guys were like, so we obviously can't do Sunday. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, why can't we oh, do really? Sunday? Yeah. And then, <laughs> but it wasn't because, like, it's just because you like you and this other person that I record something with are both newlyweds yeah. and like in, in real and Mike and like Sarah and I have been together for like 17 years. So like, <laughs> it just isn't as I was like, why can't we do what's wrong with like taking two hours to do something for yourself on Valentine's day? You know, it's like not a big deal. And not only have we been together for a billion years, but also we have two kids. So like the focus shifts completely. And so I've been like kind of chuckling all <laughs> ever since last week when you were like, so obviously we can't do Sunday. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> And then was later it? on, someone else did too, and I was like, "What the hell is up with Sunday?" Really? Why? Yeah, what? it's just Valentine's Day. I know. <laughs> See, that's I, what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think I phrased my text a little differently than so. Obviously, we can't do Sunday. Uh, I, I think I was more like, "Hey, maybe we just uh, do Monday instead," because it wasn't as though I was like, "Obviously, I can't record on Valentine's Day." Who do you think I am? It was more like a. Uh, I would rather my wife not be pissed off to start our Sunday and our Valentine's Day, so I'll give I'll give her a break. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see if Tim's okay to record after work on Monday. It said, "When do you want to record this week? Probably shouldn't do it on Sunday morning." And that's when I'm like that that I was like, "Why not?" Because you were like, because the way you phrased it was like, you know, for both of like for both of us, we probably shouldn't do it on Sunday morning. I'm like, why include me in something like? Oh, I guess because it's Valentine's Day. I couldn't, I really could I was like, and I had to assume that's what you meant until later when the other person too was like, yeah, you know, yes. specifically said like, oh, you know, I don't want to take up your Valentine's Day, so let's not do it on Sunday. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it, but I can tell you have a Valentine's Day thing, so. Oh um, my God. Yeah, but you're, you're both, you know, um, much younger and in much like younger <laughs> marital situations, I guess, so. But our Valentine's Day was good, you know, up until like Sarah wanted um, Italian. So we went to this place that we really like. And uh, we already knew takeout was going to be a nightmare because not, restaurants are always a nightmare on Valentine's Day. So we're like, all right, we'll order like at, like this place is always like 30 minutes later than when you think you're going to get your food. So I was like, mm -hmm. we'll order around five and then hopefully we'll be eating around seven. Like, that's totally cool, you know. And so I call, like we didn't end up calling till 530 because uh Sarah went out for a run and wasn't back until much later. So, uh, and they were like, all right, it'll be an hour 10, which is 6.40. I leave the house at 6.40. And when I show up, I like wait to get checked in. And like, once they finally are like, all right, you know, what's your name? And okay, we'll bring your food out. And then like 10 minutes go by, 30 minutes go by. Like I'm there for an hour and I finally wow. flagged someone down. I'm like, I've seen cars come and go. Like, what am I? This is like, I'm used to waiting at this place. That's why I let it go that long. Yeah. But then, yeah. But then I was like, I, I was like, all right, what's going on? And so finally they were like, oh, I'll, uh, you know, I, the guy was like, did you say you've been here an hour? I'll go in and check. And then when he was gone, like five minutes, I called the restaurant, like literally from the parking lot. and was like, hey, I'm out here for an hour. What's going on? And they're like, oh, uh, Murphy. Yeah, we'll, we'll be right out. And so we brought out the food. And he was like, yeah, so. <laughs> Um, they made it, you know, and it was ready and then somebody dropped it. And so we had to remake the whole thing. I guess they <laughs> dropped my entire order. And, and I was like, well, I didn't even ask. Cause I was like, just trying to get out of there, like sign the receipt and get out of there. And they were like, you know, and first of all, they didn't even comp us. They just gave us a free piece of cake. Oh. And I was like, all right, whatever. And, and I was like, but why not 
tell a person like, hey, we dropped your food. I mean, you know, yeah, do you want to be message? Yeah, it's going to be another 30 minutes, but we'll, you know, we'll fast track it or whatever. But instead of like just letting me sit out there, I guess maybe they were worried I'd be like, no, refund my money and I'll go to the gas station across the street because that is what I would have done. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. What, were they are they really that hard up for my forty dollar tab, whatever it was, you know, like, <sighs> man. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't end up, you know, I didn't end up getting the food till eight and then we're not eating this heavy Italian meal until like eight fifteen or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my! Did you guys just fall asleep immediately after dinner? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that plus red <laughs> wine would do it for me on a on a Sunday night. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, that did you you had to work this morning too, or did you have today off because of President's Day? Nah, I was in. Okay, I I was gonna say so. Damn, you uh, you got home with your dinner, and then you're like, "Yep, I need to go to bed now." <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and uh, but Sarah had today off, so yeah, she she got to sleep in a little bit, but uh, and and work off at least a little bit of the pasta. Well, that's good. Going straight to bed. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Just like I'm gonna eat three thousand calories and then sleep for seven yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need it, to lie it, down. It does a body good. Yeah. So that was annoying, and I think we're gonna give that place like a, a permanent rest. It's gonna, it's going comatose yeah. for a little bit. We're like, <laughs> it's, it's never, we're never happy with the timing. Like even yeah. on a good night, we're is, like, oh, it only took twenty minutes to sit in the parking lot. Is uh, is the food good though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's 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 really good Italian food, but okay. you know, I mean, it's it's not remarkable. You know, I'm like, it's yeah. not like it's not it's, worth it. It's not worth waiting <laughs> not worth hours it. for. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh boy. Was yours uneventful? Uh, kind of uneventful, but it was nice that it was uneventful. Oh. Uh, because m- multiple times, uh, Grace like asked me. She's like, "Do you want to like go do something? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, we're not doing anything." I'm like, "Please, I'm totally fine with just <laughs> staying here. We're in we're in the middle of a pandemic still. I'm I'm mm-hmm. okay with not leaving the house." Yeah. Um. But I mean, we we went and got coffee. We got some breakfast. We went uh, down to the uh, lighthouse where I proposed. Uh, it was it was it was a nice thing. Nice. Um, then we uh, we recreated our first date and got Taco Bell and watched the Lego Movie, uh, which <laughs> which was kind of cool. Um, that that's really all we did. Yeah, but it was yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah, just a it's just a nice holiday. Just a nice day to be nice. <laughs> uh, should we get going you might as well yeah all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching seinfeld for the first time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about the season seven finale episode 22 the invitations but first what is the deal with stuff from our last episode the wait out uh the only bit of homework we had was who is Brenda Starr and what does she have to do with Gandhi? Because uh, that's Jerry calls Elaine's haircut, new hairdo, very Brenda Starr. And he says that's better than Gandhi when she asks if that's good because she doesn't know who Brenda Starr is either. The way you said that sounds like the the good cop coming in on the interrogation. Yeah, yeah. Who is Brenda Starr and what does she have to do with Gandhi? <laughs> or like like Watergate era. What did the president yeah. know and when did he know it? Who is Brenda Starr and what does she have to do with Gandhi? 
Uh, that's what this Senate subcommittee is uh, convened to ask. Um, well, Brenda Starr is from a comic called Brenda Starr Reporter. And it's often referred to simply as just Brenda Starr. They leave the reporter part off. Okay. And it's a comic strip about a glamorous, adventurous reporter created in 1940. So another great pre-World oh. War II reference from Jerry Seinfeld. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> for the Chicago Tribune Syndicate. But, I mean, to Jerry's credit, I guess it did last like a hell of a long time. Like, I've never heard of it. But, I mean, I, I forget when it stopped being written or published but i i think i saw storylines going up through the 2000s really yeah oh my god so it is one of those like did you ever read the did you ever read the comic page when you were a kid oh yeah all the time yeah oh wasn't that I awesome oh yeah. man yes but there were always those like at least two boring comics like rex chapman md or See, trapper john i didn't read the entire comic page i yeah. i i read um peanuts always I, yeah. I read Garfield always. Yep. I as I got older, I read Dilbert, yeah. and every week I would read Dilbert and be like, "Hmm, is this funny?" <laughs> uh, and then I would also read Ziggy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's great. That you that, <laughs> like that's about Ziggy. it. Yeah, because Ziggy comes up in a, in a future episode of of Seinfeld. So oh, good. That's gonna be great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I loved, I mean, The Far Side and Calvin and Hobbes were still being published when I was growing up, so that was awesome. Um, I liked, <laughs> oddly enough, kind of like with Dilbert, for better or for worse, was another one. That was the one about, like, that family, you know, and it was almost, it was very sitcom-y, like, the mom and dad and the wacky kids, and, like, the mom was always, like, you know, like, harried and, like, trying like trying to keep the household together, and the dad was yeah. kind of doofy, and, yeah, like, and, and I'd always read that and go, is this funny? Because like I hadn't had those experiences that like I was a doof I was one of the doofy kids from the comic, but like yeah, yeah. I just didn't get any of the other like domestic humor, you know. So and just like we didn't get the corporate humor of Dilbert. Like God, I, uh -huh. I wonder, I wonder what Dilbert, uh, especially being written by Scott Adams, is like in the era of Trump and QAnon. Oh, I, I know. Like how we I can't I can't get a bead on exactly how messed up Scott Adams is, but I I think it's like probably. <laughs> comparatively like a six you know like he's probably just like your run-of-the-mill trumper right <laughs> i i'm not sure i know he. I know <laughs> exactly. he's pretty, i know he's pretty conservative but yeah. i i don't know if he's like uh yeah i i'm i i tow i typically tow the party line but a, a lot of people are pretty extreme or if he's all the way to chrissy teigen and john legend and anderson cooper eat babies <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like you can't get a beat and maybe that's the way he's designed it you know like maybe he doesn't want to tip his cards that much but i'm like is scott adams like a uh, whack or is he just like you know run of the mill you know run of the mill kind of whack i guess run of the mill whack yeah run of the mill whack every so often he'll send a tweet out that i'm like oh this guy's alt right oh, no. and then sometimes and then every so often you know you'll and then and then he'll say something like totally level-headed and you're like I can't get a beat on this guy. No idea. <laughs> but it was it was funny, like being in high school and trying to like, you know, relate to the corporate world. Like, ah, yes, yeah, very uh, funny. Ah, uh, uh -huh. as much the, as it, the, the punchline was that he collated. Yeah, as much as it was funny, like being in high school and trying to relate to single New Yorkers in their late thirties. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah I bet so. <laughs> 
uh, kind of the same thing. But but there were always, you know, just to go back to Brenda Starr, there were always those two boring comics that I always <laughs> skipped over that were like very, you know, like they were such, they were so darkly inked and like had shadows oh, and they were like yeah. noir comics. Yeah. I think Brenda Starr was that kind of thing. What and they the... were told in like two panels, like you get two panels of a story every day. You're like, I can't, I can't, I, I can't keep up with this. I need more story. I, I would have to look at the comics page to know like what I typically always skip. Cause like, I, I wouldn't even know the name. One of the ones that I would read once in a while that I never really got was Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But any other ones, I would have to see them to to remember them. Hagar the Horrible and Beetle Bailey were both like just old timey, like should have been retired like 50 years prior, but like just stuck <laughs> around almost in the same category as Peanuts. You know, I mean, people like Peanuts, but I never found it like laugh out loud hilarious. You know, oh, I just read oh, yeah. it and it was pretty much and, pretty much the yeah. entire reaction you get reading any of those comic strips is this. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh I, I i get it like that's kind of a joke that i've heard before but you know you wrote it in comic form and had a couple different characters saying it so oh, like hey, hagar and, and beetle bailey were both like that it's like hey, right, it's it's that joke but snoopy's saying it this time yeah exactly yeah or, 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 or uh not not snoopy because all of his all of his dialogue is uh squibbles yeah that's true yeah um so it'd be you know linus saying it yeah or whatever. yeah yeah, but they were they were those were folksy. Those were the folksy comics. <laughs> um, what was this? I, I don't know. We, we we went into our our dive of uh, folksy jokes versus boomer humor <laughs> last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was gonna say something else about the comics. Oh, oh, I thought of another one you might have liked because this was this was Latter Day Comics page. Did you like Zits? I never really read Zits. Oh, okay, that was the one where it was like about a teenager. You know, and his, you know, he's got a doofy dad and, and a, you know, a mom as well. And it was, uh, you know, I, I felt it was, even though, like, looking back, I'd probably say, like, oh, this is a teenager written by a boomer. I'd, um, I'd probably go back and read it and think that. But at the time, I was, at the time, I, I, I could um, identify with it a little bit. And my mom, okay. and pro- like, thought it was hilarious because it was written by someone her age about someone my age, you know, so she was going through that with me and my brother for that matter at the time. So I thought you might've remembered that one. Um, so Elaine's hair does look in some iterations from what I've seen of Brenda star, like uh, Brenda star. So Elaine's new do was kind of Brenda star ish. You probably could have picked a more recent reference as always. You could say that about any of Jerry's references, but at least it was accurate. And as far as I could find, she has nothing to do with Gandhi. Okay. Yeah. I guess no, nothing at all. Right. And so I guess the joke was that looking a woman looking like Brenda Starr would be better than a woman looking like Gandhi, which I oh. mean is true by conventional okay. standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, another thing that I started looking up when I was listening back to the episode and thinking about the wait out was was Deborah Messing famous when the episode aired because I was looking at Carrie Elwes and I was like yeah, he was definitely a name in 96, but what about mm-hmm. Deborah Messing? And it's kind of fuzzy because she had done, she really hadn't done very much. She did an episode of the soap opera Another World. She did three episodes of NYPD Blue. And then her big break really came in this movie called A Walk in the Clouds, where she plays Keanu Reeves' wife. And I've never seen the movie. Have you ever seen it? 
No, I've never even heard of it. When... IMDb has her eighth build. Huh. Uh, okay. When did that come yeah. out? Um. It. Uh. Good question. Let me see. I'm thinking it was. I don't even know what it's about. 1995. So the year before this. Okay. Um. And who is the woman in it? Let me see. So it's got Keanu Reeves. It's got someone named Aitana Sanchez. I think she plays the Anthony Quinn is in it. And there's Deborah Messing. She plays. Betty Sutton to Keanu's Paul Sutton. Uh, oh, it's got Freddie Rodriguez. Um, it's a romantic drama. And I, I don't know much about it, but after A Walk in the Clouds, she was the star of a Fox sitcom called Ned and Stacy. That must have been big because I never watched it, but I definitely remember the name, Ned and Stacy. So Ned was mm-hmm. played by Thomas Hayden Church, who was the mm-hmm. big star at that time. It was his first major project after breaking out in the show Wings, which has just ended. So it was the first thing that the guy who played Lowell, like the comic relief on already a pretty funny show, did after Wings. Did you remember Wings or do you remember Ned and Stacy at all? I remember Wings. I yeah. don't remember Ned and Stacy. Ned and Stacy was about a couple to get married because he needs a wife to get a promotion. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I know. I guess this sounds very like a familiar plot, but like he needs to pretend like he's married because they want to give the promotion to, like a family man or something like that. Oh my god. Okay. That sounds kind of familiar for some reason. Like it's popped up in another show or movie or something like that. Um and she just like got kicked out of a place where she was living, so she needed a place to live. And so they were strangers who got married for some reason to fill those two needs in their own lives. And it had just ended the first of two seasons when The Wait Out aired. So she was the star of a primetime sitcom at the time. But I guess what's throwing me off is that it's such a fame mismatch with Carrie Elwes. Like, she wasn't even at the level of Carrie Elwes at the time. Carrie Elwes had already starred in The Princess Bride, for crying out loud. One of the, like, most beloved movies of all time. Uh, I mean, not to mention Glory and Hot Shots. He starred in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Here's something. Twister came out literally the day after this episode aired, May 10th, 1996. No way. Oh, my God. He was on Seinfeld. Then the next day he was in Twister. So, like, this was peak (laughs) Carrie Elwes. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't think you could find a higher peak in his career. Mm -mm. It was this week in May of 1996. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then after that, it was all downhill. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, I think, what was thrown. I'm like, was she famous? I'm going to say yes, but not as famous as Carrie Elwes. Uh-huh. So, and um, it definitely wouldn't be proper to only give Carrie Elwes the special guest inclusion in the, in <laughs> yeah. the description. Uh, spe- special guest Carrie Elwes and another person. <laughs> or... Or like uh, s- soon to be single friends guest Carrie Elwes. It, yeah, yeah. Does, does he play both <laughs> roles? Does he Eddie Murphy this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess they had. I mean, and here's the other thing about Deborah Messing. Yeah, she was a star of a primetime sitcom, but this was mid '90s Fox. Like Fox was not the Fox we know today. It, the, you know, Fox in the mid '90s was still kind of a punchline. Like, oh yeah, but you're on Fox. You know, it's like oh yeah. What did they have at the time? Obviously, obviously, this show, The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, I think In Living Color. Probably. And yeah. and maybe The X Files at this point. Yeah. So they were definitely coming into their own. If that, because that's a pretty strong. Actually, In Living Color would have just ended, as far as okay. I can tell. Yeah, their final episode was in '94. Oh, um, okay. 
Yeah, let me see when X-Files started. Um, their first episode was 93. So yeah, okay. X-Files was hitting a stride for sure. Uh, the Simpsons was, you know, we were, we were at like maybe peak Simpsons. and no, for um, sure. And, and Ned and Stacy. <laughs> I mean, there's, pe- there's people that argue after 93, The Simpsons is literally unwatchable. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> let me see when what about married with children was it, maybe that was still on at the time i mean that still wasn't yeah it was it was it was um coming into its probably final season because it ended in 97 oh wow uh, okay so yeah but but i know the final seasons of married with children people didn't people weren't really uh into i think we <laughs> talked before about how they pulled a cousin oliver yeah, with, yeah. Uh, that kid <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's uh, I, but i think F- fox was still in punchline territory as far as networks go, you know, it was, it was pulling up the rear as far as the four channels go. So uh, that, I, I still think it was a quite a fame mismatch, but I, and, and that's where I landed on it. So uh, I do have some more trivia and tidbits and stuff from the episode. Michael Richards actually hurt his back during the scene in which Jerry attempts to pull Kramer's jeans off. Really? Uh, so, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus won a primetime Emmy Award for this episode at the 96 Emmys. Wow. Yeah. Outstanding supporting actress. And we talked a little bit about shows that you forgot were spinoffs. I think the one I was trying to think of that was a spinoff of All in the Family was The Jeffersons. That was a spinoff of All in the Family. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I, I was sort of, like, I looked that up, and then I was like, oh, yeah, when they did that live on TV thing, they did an episode of All in the Family, and then they did an episode of The Jeffersons. Do you remember that? Where they, I, like... I remember that, but I didn't yeah. know the shows were connected. I, I thought they just decided to do like an episode because they were of this created show by the same and, guy, yeah. and an episode of this show i didn't even yeah, know they were yeah. created by the same guy oh um, i just thought yeah. like hey yeah we'll do an episode of this and an episode of that it, it'd be yeah. like in in 30 years doing an episode of the big bang theory starring uh i i, I don't know whoever's the <laughs> the top the top movie star in 30 years doing yeah. an episode of the big bang theory and also doing an episode of um I don't know what's a what's a non Chuck Lorre show. He owns them all. Other, yeah, I'm trying to think of other just sitcoms that are on right now. Uh, <laughs> King of why not just King of Queens, even though it's not on anymore. <laughs> yeah, doing an episode of Big Bang Theory and an episode of King of Queens together yeah. on the same show. Because why not? <laughs> why not? And Kevin James still plays himself because he, yes. he needs. Actually, that. no. Kevin James now plays the dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that was, of course, played by Frank Costanza uh, or Jerry Stiller, I guess. <laughs> With jet black hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and we, we also forgot that The Simpsons itself is a spinoff for as much as we reference The Simpsons. People That's forget true. that that was a spinoff of the Tracy Ullman show. That is and true. I, I think this kind of came up as well because I think what like either Happy Days is a spinoff of Laverne and Shirley or vice versa. But Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days. Well, after it jumped the shark, they had this alien show up played by Robin Williams, and then he got his own <laughs> spinoff show. So people forget that. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, and they don't really, really have to say, like, it was after he jumped the shark, because, of course, we know that the alien showed up after the show got bad. <laughs> You're telling me the alien showed up after they made a desperate plea for people to keep watching? <laughs> Yes, exactly. After the show that invented Jumping the Shark, that's when they had the alien <laughs> show up. At least, I mean, at least they did that before, because otherwise, like, 
who knows what would have happened to Robin Williams' career if we called that morking? You know, I was like, oh god, that show totally morked after this. You know, I was like, oh my oh, no. god, could you imagine? <laughs> oh yeah. my god, oh my god, <laughs> this is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> imagine yeah. Robin Williams' career, like his entire career, ceasing to exist because yeah. they decided to go with the mork storyline before the jumping the shark storyline. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, we know Fonz jumped the shark after the show morked, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, I don't know, the, the guy playing the shark goes on to become one of the uh, best comedians of his time. Yes, yeah, one of the most respected comedians <laughs> yes. and improvisers. And then future dramatic actor yeah. and Oscar winner. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Play, playing uh, playing Patch Adams and uh, the, the best film of, of his uh, entire catalog rv yeah rv with jojo jojo levesque oh my god (laughs) i I couldn't say that with a straight face i don't know if you could hear my hear my disdain with that but anyway anyway back to whatever the hell we were talking about uh well the oh that that's it for trivia and tidbits okay (laughs) that's all all i got Ah, man. Okay, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last uh, 25-ish minutes. You know, uh, I do have... You normally ask me if there's any news, and I I usually save something for then, but... Oh, okay. Well, do we have any news or anything? Yeah, I do, actually. From the We Made This Happen file, because, you know, when we talk about something on the podcast... Oh, Usually God. news breaks. Oh, that... no. Did we kill somebody again? No, no. this is actually good, but it's just so weird. Okay. After our Thank unplanned God. dive into the Mr. and Mrs. Smith cinematic universe, oh my it was God, announced yeah. that Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge are doing a TV version of the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, like, how <laughs> weird is that, that we talked I... at length about all of the shows and <laughs> movies and spinoffs of that, that I... this is announced? <laughs> I, I didn't know it was going to be a TV version, but I did see that this morning, and I'm like, oh, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> should be pretty good. So the, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith cinematic universe continues. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. So, all right, that's all the news I have. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. We like to have our questions pop up in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Um, If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet at nohugging on Twitter or nohugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. Um, If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating or and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Amazon Music, Audible, uh, whatever service you use that accepts ratings. uh, And we will send you an awesome holographic, no hugging, no learning sticker free of charge. Uh, We just got to get your mailing address and I'll send that out in the, in the post. I feel like I'm in the UK now for some reason. (laughs) Why why am I calling it the post? Um, But uh, okay. So this episode, season seven, episode 22, the invitations Original air date, May 16th, 1996. I was three years, four months, and 26 days old. And Tim, if you count this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have 45 episodes until we become a, oh boy, uh, Hmm. All in the Family podcast. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? (laughs) Think of all the hate I get now. (laughs) 
for (laughs) shitting on Seinfeld and saying that, oh, this joke doesn't really work in 2021. (laughs) Imagine me saying that about Archie fucking Bunker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You, You can pull up clips of the show on YouTube of how awful and problematic it is and yeah. how, how homophobic how racist it's awful holy shit but is it, it i've never watched an episode but is it one of those things where you're where and i really doubt it because people like to revise history this way but i think in some cases it works and i'll mention one of those in a second but in archie bunker's case is it one of the facts where you're like yeah this character is I mean, uh, this word is loaded, but this character is deplorable. You're not supposed to act like him, but somebody in the show had to say that. Or is he, like, made out to be saying the right thing? Here's the thing. He is is the character that is saying the wrong thing, but it's loaded more because that is the way people acted back then. It's not like he is saying these things in a modern-day viewpoint where they would be, uh, like... Uh, absolutely awful horrendous things they're just bad jokes at the time so so you can tell like everyone else is like okay archie we agree with you but you can't say that ah interesting do you know do you know what i'm getting at i i i think i do yeah like he like he says what everyone is like what wouldn't say out loud even at the time he was not afraid to say i guess but instead of saying instead of like someone being like how could you say that? You're an awful human being. They'd just be like, Archie, you're so bad. <laughs> but I know there was, like, Carl Reiner on the show was, like, a woke character. But I, I I don't know whether he was played more as, like, you know, some liberal wimp or something. Like, that you, <laughs> like I, I, me. Yeah, and, like, like a punchline more than, like, the person who's correct, you know? I don't know. But it's, a, it's an interesting premise. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so if you're looking at TV Guide the Night of... May 16th, 1996, you are going to see George searches for a way to stop his impending nuptials, semicolon, guests Janine Garofalo, Stephen Root, and George Steinbrenner, the big Stein, making his way into the show for the season seven finale. What the hell did I, did I miss George Steinbrenner? I guess we're going to have to talk about that. I I don't, I finished. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the hell <laughs> all right i guess it's probably gonna dawn on me later that i did see him okay let's get started um well we start with a stand-up bit as usual and this is about wedding invitations if they were done by men you know normally like men be like this women be like this humor is is not that funny I thought mm-hmm. this was pretty funny because he's like, if guys were in charge of it, there'd just be flyers on windshields. Wouldn't even be typed out. It'd be magic marker. Party! <laughs> Xerox. And I thought I thought this was pretty funny. I, I, I thought this was kind of funny just in contrast to how absolutely opposite it was for my wedding. Oh, yeah. And everybody's. That's what's so... Yeah. I mean, everybody picks out like beautiful invitations. Normally the woman. Like, I remember Sarah, like... <laughs> You know, I really just had to give my okay, but not not even that my okay yeah. mattered. Oh, you know, she just I, showed him to me. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I am the one who wanted to do traditional, like, mailing uh. save the dates. <laughs> and Grace was like, no, I'll just make a graphic and post it on Facebook. <laughs> and Tim, let me tell you how many people told me that they never saw our save the date. Because they don't have Facebook. <laughs> yeah. 
or they're just not friends with like my now wife you know yeah. i'm like yeah yeah what also if the you're, awkward if you're thing getting about... married make save the dates especially I, I... if you want those people to like make time and go to your wedding send them oh, a fucking totally. save the date yeah and the weird thing about posting a public save the date is when you i mean you're gonna find out anyway when you're when you're not at the wedding and it happens but <laughs> i guess it all depends on when you want when you want the awkwardness to happen because if you're gonna see somebody who's not invited <laughs> they won't know until that day you know and then you won't yeah, have those, exactly yeah those weird interactions so if you get a personalized or, or a save the date in the mail that is just for you then you can avoid any awkwardness with people who think they're going to be invited but aren't <laughs> yeah imagine imagine someone showing up to your venue the day of like hey we, we never got your invitation in the mail but we saw your save the date on yeah. facebook <laughs> We responded to the Facebook invite. In reality, uh, it is liked your save the date. <laughs> That's the response. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or they commented, we'll be there. Like, oh, no. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jerry kind of, I feel like, is a little uh, future predicty here where he says, you know, he makes a reference to, like, there should be divorce announcements as well as wedding announcements. And I feel like people have become so comfortable with divorce there are like divorce parties and and people are like you know they 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 post pictures on facebook at the courthouse like it's finalized we're done you know stuff yeah. like that yeah so i mean we're not that far off from his 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 second punchline in this bit uh we open at melody stationers which is no longer but once was at 1070 madison avenue but here's the weird thing when i looked up 1070 madison avenue uh, Melody, by the way, now is a place called Johnny Was, which is a pretty high-end women's clothing store, like really nice okay. women's clothing boutique. But right next to Melody Stationers, you might have seen a place called Eat Cafe. Well, Eat Cafe is still right there, as it has been since 1973. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was very surprised to see that. Um, but inside Melody Stationers, George and Susan are in there buying invitations. And I like that the woman behind the counter asks when the wedding is. And Susan says June, but George says late June. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing anything he can to, <laughs> yeah, to buy himself more time. <laughs> Make it seem like it's further away than it is. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman brings out a huge binder. It's like a foot wide, easy, um, or a, a foot thick. And... She's like, oh, the most expensive ones are in the front. And George flips like 90% of the pages. <laughs> just, just flips the entire book over. He flips the front cover open, takes a yeah. glance at the first page, and then thud. <laughs> and he picks one seemingly at random that the clerk says is not even manufactured, but she thinks they might have some in the warehouse. And they they were discontinued because the glue is uh, very the, it doesn't stick. It takes a lot of moisture i guess to make it stick and <laughs> george is like well this one's fine and susan relents for george for these invitations yeah he even says like we'll pick up some elmers <laughs> yeah. uh, outside they run into kramer who tells susan who uh, insists to susan that her name is actually lily he says hi lily and she's like it's susan even george tells him it's susan but he says well you uh you look like a lily <laughs> So back up in uh, Jerry's apartment, or back in Jerry's apartment for the first time this episode, George is panicking about his impending day, and he would rather—he says he'd rather be unhappy for the rest of his life than go through the scene of breaking it off early, mm -hmm. uh, which is... God. Yeah. He just I says, mean, like, I, I, I can't face that scene. He, he'd rather yeah. be unhappy for the rest of his life rather yeah. than... 
break that it break off. off the engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it reminds me of. I mean, that's like a very. I mean. I think everyone's probably been in a place where they're like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna power through this because the alternative yeah. is is just as bad. But I, but I don't like, you know. So I might as well just live through this badness than that badness that will be over quicker. But it's gonna be worse than this baseline of badness. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it reminds me of actually like a very dramatic scene in The Departed. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. Uh, well, I I don't want to spoil anything, but Matt Damon tells a character he's like. He was like, you know, you're going to have to break this off because I'll live with it forever. Um, and I think he like blames his Irishness on it. You know, he's like, I'll, I'll just I'll just live like this forever. You're going to you're going to be the one to, that has to end it. Uh, he tells this woman. So, yeah, it's uh, um, he. Oh, and Superman, by the way, is on the fridge and in the bookcase, as he's been for pretty much all of season seven. Yeah. Uh, Before we get too far into the scene, uh, since since we are still kind of at the beginning of the episode, I want to point out the stand up scene for this episode. This is the last episode in the series to open up with a stand-up monologue. Wow. I mean, they made it pretty far, but that's still yeah. going to be kind of weird. I know we, um, we, we, we touched on this, I think, at the beginning of season six, whenever they, whenever they experimented with, uh, with a cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I looked it up. And then I, I found that, uh, or no, it was at the beginning of season seven because they experimented with like two episodes with um, with the proposal and then the postponement mm-hmm. were, were both cold opens, I believe. And then I looked it up and saw like, oh, wow, there's only stand-up scenes remaining in season seven. Everything else is going to be a cold open. Wow. That's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting change to for us, I think, to I, not, I th- not start that way. I think so. I mean, it'll we're we're not going to have like anything to show how woefully outdated Jerry's <laughs> act is. Yeah, yeah. But I always kind of appreciated that central motif of like, you know, they occurred sometime after the episode, but he was writing it about what happened mm-hmm. in the episode and this is the show is about where a comedian it's not about nothing, it's about where a comedian gets his exactly. material. So I liked seeing that material, you know, seeing what he got out of it. Yeah. During but, the course of the show. But then again, how many and, and even some this season have we had where we're like, did does this tie into the episode at all? <laughs> yeah, several. <laughs> yeah. It like pops up. We're like, what? What was that about? Why yeah, are you like, talking about that? <laughs> yeah. We're like, huh, th- this would have been much better suited for, for that other episode, you know, yeah. or, or, or for the episode <laughs> we're doing next week. Yeah, or it was just a complete non sequitur. Like, why is he talking about umbrellas? We've never seen an umbrella on the show. Um, and he's like, what if I write a letter and then go to China for six months or a year? Jesus <laughs> I like that Christ. plan. And then so he spitballs like a letter that's that's like, dear Susan, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I'm really, really sorry. And then they're like, you know, it's a little too short. Just a little too short. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Jerry's like, what about your job? He's like, why don't you go someplace like Staten Island? <laughs> I, he's like, much easier to blend in in Staten Island. And he's like, yeah, what, what about my clothes? How am I going to get my clothes? And Jerry's like, you know, for, forget about your clothes. He's like, I, I can't get a whole new wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> Elaine comes in, meanwhile, and asks what she's going to be doing in the wedding. Because Jerry is best man. Kramer's an usher. Elaine wants to do something. Uh, how about be an usher? And George is like, all right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll ask Susan and she's like, "You don't ask, you tell her yeah. I'm going to be an usher." Uh, two two things in this scene. Uh, right, right before Elaine comes in, George is telling Jerry that he wishes Susan would just take a plane somewhere. <laughs> stops 
and and Jerry finish it finishes the sentence with what and crash and you can tell George is thinking he's like what it happens it's like one in a million odds but holy fuck yeah yeah he would be fine with like the rest of the people losing their lives if it meant that she also would be gone <laughs> my god that yeah, is very dark this whole episode is, is dark, dark you know it's, um, it's only gonna get darker I yeah to my surprise uh we'll <laughs> we'll get into it um but also, Elaine comes in and she she's like, Georgie, the wedding is what? Like, I, I think she has the wedding is a month away. Yeah. Tim, you and I both know from our respective weddings, uh, if we're led to believe that this episode is happening in in real time, so it would be the middle of May. That's <laughs> six to anywhere from six to or no, like eight to 12 weeks or no, like probably six to 10 weeks away from the wedding, mm. depending on when in June the wedding is. Uh, that's not nearly enough time to just be ordering your invitations. You're right. Holy I mean, they come, fuck. They come pretty quick, but I mean, they're not going to get out in time. I mean, even if everything went okay. <laughs> if, if, even with every everybody uh, <laughs> still being alive. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's cutting it close. It's cutting it close. They should have known better. Elaine also, they ask Elaine, like, what would make you cut it off with a guy? And she's like, oh, if he started smoking. And... George is like, oh, my gosh. Yes, smoking, of course. Uh, and outside, Jerry and Elaine are walking, and Jerry laments that he's losing George, and he's like, it's going to be you, me, and Kramer. And Elaine's like, uh-uh, I'm sick of being single. I'm getting out. Um, and how is she going to do that? Just, like, marry the first guy that comes along? Like, how is that a plan? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's just going to be Jerry and Kramer. And so Jerry kind of spaces out and imagines being older, uh, he wears a gold chain now for some reason. Do you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Is it Jerry or Kramer? Jerry. Oh my god. Yeah, he like immediately became like Florida retired. I guess even though <laughs> like, and I think he even had like some gray chest hair like poking out of his like oh, low like scoop neck sweater. Like he becomes, <laughs> he starts dressing like that immediately, and still having the same dumb conversations <laughs> with Kramer coming over. And this one's like about a periscope for your car so you can see the traffic ahead of you. And Superman, by the way, is still on Jerry's bookshelf in the future. Wow. So in Jerry's future fantasy, uh, Superman is still there. Uh, and Jerry is distracted. And he steps into traffic and he is saved by Janine Garofalo. Yeah, playing uh, Jeannie Steinman is mm -hmm. what she, she says her name is. Yeah, same initials, Jerry Seinfeld, Jeannie Steinman, uh, and she's just as snarky as Jerry. She starts immediately uh, a conversation about the shirt under Jerry's sweater, like, oh, what a waste. You know, he waits in the drawer, and when he comes out, you only see the little inch above his uh, uh, above your collar. <laughs> and Jerry immediately appreciates the riff, and, and uh, they seem to be hitting it off. Back in George's apartment, Susan wants no women ushers so he tries to say that elaine wants to be an usher and she's like uh, -uh yeah. you know what Weird. kramer's out too because he didn't know my name well i mean definitely uh justifiable for kramer yeah. <laughs> but like with how defensive she was with elaine like no i don't want any women ushers why yeah, I, I guess just the tradition of it all, but it does seem okay. like a weird... Yeah, it seems like a weird hill to plant a flag on, at least. <laughs> like, no, women do not belong uh, as ushers in... Well, I, well no reason. <laughs> um, George nonchalantly pulls out a pack of cigarettes and 
lights one up. I loved how the lighter flame is like three inches tall. Like he obviously it, it, had no uh, idea what he was doing. It slid over to plus on <laughs> yes, the lighter. All so the way it is to the, plus. It is the biggest flame you can <laughs> get on a lighter. Yeah. And so he almost singes off, you know, his eyebrows trying to light the thing. And he starts smoking and he's like hacking. And uh, Susan's <laughs> like, whoa, what is this? I didn't know you smoked. He's like, oh, yeah, they got to hold on me. <laughs> He's like, well, and, uh, I can't stop now. <laughs> yeah. And then he runs off, presumably to go throw up or something because he can't <laughs> handle uh, smoking a cigarette. Uh, over at Monk's, Jeannie and Jerry sit down and they have the same order. Jerry orders the usual and she orders a bowl of Cheerios, uh, Cheerios, which is Jerry's usual, even though we've literally never seen him eating that there. I don't think I've yeah. seen him eating a bowl of cereal there for that being his usual. No, not once. Not yeah once i thought so i thought so <laughs> it's weird to be never eating your usual at a place that we've seen almost every episode <laughs> almost 126 <laughs> times or whatever it is <laughs> um in jerry's apartment jerry is like sitting on his couch laying down on his couch and, and kind of spaced out and kramer comes in and tells him that the bank on the corner is giving out a hundred dollars if they don't greet you with a hello and Kramer can tell that Jerry's kind of out of it, and he tells Kramer that he thinks he's in love. And it's he met this woman, and she's so much like him, he realizes that's what he's been looking for all these years. Myself. I swept <laughs> myself off my feet. <laughs> now I've found me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it is perfect character for Jerry Seinfeld to, like, want oh, yeah. to yeah, only be in love with someone who is exactly like himself. It's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, and they got a great, I mean, Janine Garofalo does a great job playing this Jerry Seinfeld role. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever met somebody? See, I, I kind of have the opposite reaction of Jerry, where I'll meet somebody and I'm like, man, fuck this asshole. And then we'll be like, we'll become like very good friends or I'll realize that I actually like their personality. And I'm like, wait a second. Maybe I'm an asshole and I like this person and like my personality turns people off too, but I just need to stick around long enough to like, you know, I'm like, I think we're a lot alike. We have very similar senses of humor, but this person was, I don't know. I, have you ever, has that ever happened to you? It hasn't. No. No. Do you, do you ever, I mean, you must've met somebody who had like a very similar, like exact personality as you. I'm I'm typically I'm I'm typically drawn to like being friends with people who are similar to me. I, I'm not I'm not normally put off by it, but it yeah. hasn't happened to the level of like finding someone who is exactly like me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I can be like sarcastic and snarky and irreverent and but I'm also so insecure that when people act like that to me, I'm like, Oh, you think I'm stupid, huh? And then I come <laughs> around and I'm like, Oh no, you were just being funny. And like, but it does make me, it, you know, I do self-reflect for a little bit. Not that I've changed at all, but I will self-reflect and go, oh, maybe I'm an asshole to people immediately. But I also think to the point where I'm like also kind of introverted. When I meet extroverted me's, that's when I'm like, man, fuck this asshole. But then I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, they're just me, but with more confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I can just remember specific times when like coworkers or something like that I've, I've you know, met. Oh, and I'm like, boy. oh, we're. We're too similar. We're very similar. Um, <laughs> and at Home Federal Savings Bank, which was at 420 Court Street in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. So this <laughs> is nowhere near the Upper West Side. <laughs> no. 
they're all the way in Brooklyn. It actually closed last year. It became a Capital One eventually. It was a bank like forever. Uh, I don't even think Home Federal Savings was the first iteration of bank in that um, exact spot that I could find. Uh, but it actually closed last year as a Capital One. And Kramer enters and he says, hey, to the clerk who says, hey, in return. And Kramer's like, whoa, you didn't say hello. That's 100 bucks. And the clerk's like, hey, is hello. And Kramer's like, no, no, uh, let me talk to the manager. And the manager's not there. So Kramer says he will be back to the bank to settle this up and get his 100 bucks. Uh, meanwhile, back at the apartment, at Jerry's apartment, Elaine finds out that she is not going to be an usher. And Kramer comes out into the hallway where they're talking when he hears that he's been demoted as well because he didn't know Susan's name. And Kramer still insists that she looks like a lily. And uh, as they enter Jerry's apartment, they're kind of still mentioning this. And Jerry just doesn't care. I like how much he shrugs it off. They're like, do you hear this, Jerry? I'm not going to be an usher. And he just kind of like, he's like, who cares? And he, because he cannot <laughs> wait. He, he just wants to tell George that he wants to bring a date to the wedding. Uh, this woman he just met and he's infatuated with her. And now Elaine's upset. Just She's going to be at the singles table. And she can't go with Kramer because Kramer knows that weddings are a great place to pick up chicks. And so he has to be unfettered. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Kramer's great plan to get George broken up. And that's ask for a prenup. Women are so offended to sign a prenuptial agreement that Susan will back out of the wedding. And George thinks, uh, now this is a brilliant idea. So he runs off. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I, I wanted to like check on the timeliness of this. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you and Sarah have a prenup by any chance? We don't. Okay, neither do Grace and I, but I asked her, uh, I was like, hey, if we had gone through like paperwork, would you have signed a prenup? And she was like, I mean, yeah, I didn't have any money. Neither did you. Neither of us had anything to gain <laughs> or lose. So I, I'm like, I, I guess this is more prevalent back in the 90s, that, that it was like more of an offensive thing to ask somebody. I think it's still... I mean, does it still kind of carry that weight? I think so. I mean, it's always kind of, it's like, it's smart to do for sure. Especially if you have any amount of wealth yeah. or, or whatever. Like I agree that people like us, what's the point? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh no. Right. Right. Like, like um, oh, th this, this 44 year old man has $4,000 <laughs> saved. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like good luck paying my negative bank account balance. <laughs> um, please don't what, take what are you my gonna, negative what, what, money. What are you going to get in the divorce? His student loans? Oh no. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I but I think for so for people without any wealth, they look at it and they go, "Well, you're just setting it up to fail because you're you're putting you're giving yourself a safety net. So if you have a safety net, you're going to use it, you know." And yeah. I, I, that's the way people look at it. They're like, you're cursing the wedding before it even gets started. Cursing the marriage before it okay. even, even gets I, started, I mean. I, I can see that. I, I don't know. Maybe in my mind, I'm just thinking, I'm like, that's like the ultimate, like, is this relationship real? You know, do, do you do you love me for me? If you do, sign this prenup. Ah, yeah. That, 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 that's kind of the way I'm I'm thinking of it. But but maybe I'm maybe I'm off base here. That's an interesting way to look at it, too. But you're still... You're still going like, we're getting married forever, but if we divorce, blah blah blah. You know, here's well, the I mean, paper to sign. You know? Here, if you're if you're looking at it that way, why ever buy life insurance? Well, because you're definitely going to die. 
I, I know, but you're not <laughs> definitely going to die any time. Like, you're not definitely, like, knowingly going to die at a certain point. Like in an accident or something. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess if you're, people you're... got accidentally divorced, it would also be a... <laughs> 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 Whoops. I made a mistake. Oh, I'm so sorry. We got divorced. Oh, God. Okay. I, I can see that. But, like... I, you know, I that would know. be hilarious. You know what? what an accidental does, divorce? Does Vegas... Well, does Vegas offer drive-through divorces like they do? Like, do couples go to Vegas and get divorced like oh, they get married? That that's got to be a thing. I mean, right? I can't be the. I mean, that yeah. Like, you go to you go to Vegas, you get drunk, you get married at the Chapel of Love. There should be a twenty-four hour lawyer's <laughs> office where you can get divorced in just as easily. Maybe maybe not like a full office. It's just like it's a it's a storefront on the strip. Exactly. I mean, there should be a comparable service i can't actually I, I, no you, you know what it's not it's not it's a whole storefront it's the manager's office in the back of the knickknack store yeah and, and just imagine like a couple wakes up like so hung over and they're sweet like oh god what do we do and then they and see then the divorce papers are like oh no honey oh, no. <laughs> i was i was gonna say that they, they wake up look at their hand and their wedding rings are gone <laughs> yeah, exactly the wedding rings are gone and the papers are like on the on the wet bar like oh <laughs> Honey, we got divorced last night. How no! drunk were we? Oh, no. <laughs> this has to be a thing. We can't be the first people to think of this. If we are, we need to make this a thing. We need to move to Vegas. Uh, we, we, we can pick this whole show up and move to Vegas. We can be drive-through divorce attorneys, right? Yeah, can we, yeah. Can we just, like, quickly take the Nevada bar <laughs> and, and become drive-through divorce attorneys? Yeah, I, I think okay. we need to we need to make this happen. I mean, honestly, we should be able to be ordained just like priests are in the yeah. state. Or it yeah. should be just as easy. It should be just as easy. All right, where were we back here? Uh, oh yeah, okay. So George runs to his apartment, and in his apartment, he asks Susan for a prenup. Who looks at him at first kind of pensively, but then just cracks up, just laughs in his face. Uh, about she has more money than him, and so yeah, give me the papers and I'll sign them. <laughs> so an emasculating just, moment for just George. Totally, just totally blows up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we get a Jerry and Jeannie montage where they're walking through the park, stepping over a passed out homeless person. They're picking out cereal at the grocery store. They're reading Superman comics. Uh, Jerry has Superman: The Man of Steel number fifty three from February of 1996, which he is also reading during the Cadillac, which it has slobber knocker, the word slobber knocker oh. on the cover, you might remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we already know that he has, you know, he already has that. I don't know why he's picked it up again at the newsstand. Here's a weird <laughs> thing, though. Jeannie is reading Supergirl in Action Comics number 686 uh -huh. from February of 1993. So this is a three-year-old comic at this point. <laughs> okay. Is it still Whereas at the newsstand? Yeah, that's Weird. what I'm wondering. Yeah. And by the way, this was Funeral for a Friend 6 you might have seen on the cover. So this was uh, the, the the log line on the comic was, who's buried in Superman's tomb and why is Lex Luthor so paranoid? So Lex Ooh. Luthor is, I can answer both of those questions because I looked it up. Lex <laughs> Luthor is paranoid because he thinks that Superman faked his death. And who's buried in Superman's tomb is nobody because Superman's <gasps> body has been stolen at that point to potentially be cloned. Christ. Yeah. Okay. This is after. You know, yeah. While we're on the topic of Superman. Oh um, yes. I that's newsworthy. Why didn't we talk about that? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But all right, hit us. Uh, okay, so the trailer for the Snyder Cut dropped, <laughs> and Zack Snyder includes in the trailer the line of the Joker saying to Batman, "We live in a society." <laughs> Holy Ugh. shit. I... <laughs> that movie is just going to be... I, I didn't even see the original, but I'm certain that it's not going to be better. I, I own the original. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You, I... you got like a download or something, right? Yeah, I, I, got, like, yeah, yeah. I got like the digital download. Thankfully, I didn't pay <laughs> money for it, but I do want to watch it. And then I do want to watch the Snyder Cut to see if it's any better at all. But I have high doubts. <laughs> Hey guys, so we actually had a bit of an unintentional technical difficulty whenever we were recording this episode. Something happened that whenever we hit one hour exactly, Tim stopped recording for whatever reason. So we're going to be back next week with our unplanned second part of The Invitations, and we're also going to have for you our top episodes of season seven if you have some of those episodes that you would like us to look at and maybe kind of compare ours to yours hit us up at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com so for now uh that's it for tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good Thank you.